It's your girl, Jamie. I posted, like, videos and stuff, and it was known that I was with a dude. Yeah, man. Like, yeah. We, saw, we saw his coat from the back. <laughs> his coat. His <laughs> scarf. Hello. <laughs> My boy best friend. The whole scenario where the girlfriend is being in the front seat or whatever, like, that, that shit came up. Did you not go in the back? What the fuck I look like? Go in the back, wait. Go in the back, bitch. Ni hao, Tavia here. Y'all Tavia crying. Oh um, my god. <laughs> okay, friends. okay. We're like in the, we're like in the, like, do you know the core of the sun? We're like in the, in the little, not the magma layer, but like the little crust beneath the crust layer. Uh-huh. That's where we're at. <laughs> Ava. 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 And it's still like, Yanni and not Laurel. Just it's, I heard both actually. They said it's the frequency. <laughs> so what happens when I hear both? And then that the, means you got whole head. No, but <laughs> <laughs> and it's me, Jazz. <laughs> Happy Saturday, everybody! It's April six. Um, this is Jasmine. This is the wind down, and this is a solid pod. As you know, the solid is partnered with the Bold Hypnotic Mass Band. If you wanna jump in the line with us, you could use the promo code SOLIDBOLDX25 on hypnoticmass.com for 5% off costumes and selected merchandise and discounts off hypnotic events. Jump in the line with us? With us. With me. Sorry, I forget. Jamie going with other people. (laughs) But as for me and my house, we will participate in hypnotic. The solid, the solid gone bold. <laughs> Tavi is also on the line all the way from Beijing. Um, Tavi, you coming to Carnival? Yeah, I am. I'll be there at the end of this month. And who are you playing mass with? Ooh. You need to know by now. <laughs> Sweet girl, you ain't gonna get no costume. <laughs> she can be with rhythms. Oh. Or Barabbas in the drive. <laughs> <laughs> you can be with Barabbas in. Today's affirmation One line, very short, very important You may have seen it on our Instagram and our Twitter I am and always will be enough I am and always will be enough That is the affirmation of this episode So... We've also been posting um, on the day that we record what the topic will be or is expected to be. And um, we were posted earlier this week that our pod today is called A Shoulder to Cry On. So we're focusing on grief and dealing with loss. Hopefully this episode is not too depressing and filled with tears at myself. I can't Um, promise anything. Either. This one may be the first time I cry on the board. <sighs> this is going to be a heavy one for all of us. But before we even get into that, we have a special guest in the studio. I thought we wasn't actually going to like introduce him. We were just going like, to let his let him just speak at, at a random point and everybody be like, who just is be talking that? Yeah. No, I, al- I almost forgot, you know, and I like, was like, I felt so comfortable with him here. I almost forgot. Go ahead. Introduce yourself, my friend. Good night. Everyone, oh, good day, everyone. Philip, you don't know what time they watch. That's what I'm saying. Good night, good morning, good evening, good night. How y'all doing? Um, Jay, that's basically it. Jay, oh, you just named Jay? Yeah, that's it. That's you know how much Jay's in Nassau, really. But if they know me, then they know who Uh, this is. 
Oh. Yeah. So he's a public figure, a celebrity. Jeez. My Instagram don't say that yet, but. Yeah. But Jay, um, drop your handles. From? From? My handles, um, Jay Johnson and everything. <laughs> where are you from? <laughs> so, you know I don't feel like from? your your Twitter is Jay Johnson. No, my Twitter is his, at his kid. His, his, his kid two four three. I yeah. need you to I need you to change that because I I've mean, been trying to because you're 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 branding <laughs> yourself. To, yeah, I've been trying to. So like Twitter, like no way, that ain't work. You got to start over. Is his Serious? as his as in God? Yeah. Okay, good. So his kid two four three. You need to put, but Facebook and Instagram just Jay Johnson. Jay Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> you put a capital Yeah, in. put some respect on his name. Be Pacific. On, on his his. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Premier. <laughs> Tell us about yourself, though. Like, you have to give us at least oh, did, two Oh, yeah, lines. yeah, I do all of that. Eh? Um, yeah, good evening, everyone, again, once again. Um, Jay Johnson. I talk about finance and stuff like that. I do that. Um, I do poetry. Um, that's, really, that's really it. I tweet random things. I, I'm a fan of the wind down, so I appreciate y'all letting me pull up. Oh. Yay! I really appreciate that. And um, I'm a big Nipsey fan. That so like when I saw that, <laughs> so when I you saw sound that, like he wants to tear up. Like, don't do that to me. Don't do that. Like, hey guys, I'm here to speak about. No, I like that. My sole purpose to talk about Nipsey, but like when I saw it, like grief and Nipsey, I was like. Let me come. Yeah, you want to come on the board? Please. He was just like, I come in. Yeah, he was in like, hey, do you have to schedule an appointment <laughs> to, you know, come on the pod? He's like, no. I come in. And then he's like, yeah, I know you're about to record. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I was like, okay, nine. I was praying that didn't sound real stockish. It so. didn't, though. I, I think it's pretty obvious. We post a lot of pictures and stuff, so. No, but the thing is, right, he messaged me and he was like, hey, I know if Jamie really did be serious, so. Um, I didn't, actually. When I came in. <laughs> so he's like, so he's like, uh, let me know what y'all decide. I was just like, come. <laughs> like three minutes, he is like front, front or back door. No, I, no, but the thing about it is she told me like, she told me the time. So, mm, so I he was, was already like. I was not outside. Oh, I was in the area. No, I watch you pull up. <laughs> I watch you pull up, but what then I don't want to be by the door. Like, open the door. Yeah, open I don't want to be by the door. Then everybody See what I was saying, fun? You was going to leave me out there and this way to ready he already seen me pulling up. I didn't see no other cars around me. So I could have been dead. Yeah, so I see you pull up, but then I didn't want just walk in like this my wind down. So I had to get confirmation <laughs> that I could wind. No, this your wind down today. Mm. This your wind I down. I love it though. So then when she said, come down, I was like, flip, let me come out. <laughs> He's like, it's, I'm glad you said that because I'm actually here. Coincidentally. <laughs> Oh, goodness. Okay, so I, I think you, you you mentioned it already. So we did agree to talk about Nipsey Hustle, and then we're going to talk about um, overall grief. But I think we are going to start with um, with uh, the stabbing death of a ninth grade T.A. Thompson, junior high school student, who um, was killed last month, late last month. Jasmine? Well, I mean... You need to give the backstory because I have the article up. In here? No, I literally just Google it. Oh, okay. Then then the then you read it. You read it. So yeah. I mean I feel just, like a lot of people know, but still. Yeah, I think a lot of people do know. I I'll just read a few lines. To the family of a ninth grade TA Thompson Jr. high school student who was stabbed to death on in early in March, said he was consistently bullied at school. Police said the teen died in hospital on Tuesday afternoon after he was stabbed around three PM during a brawl with another high school student on Pitt Road in the Chippingham area. Police said they arrested a teenager in connection with the matter. Relatives identified the victim as Perry Rule, 
15 who they called PJ. What whatever happened to like <clears throat> dudes having dudes having uh fist fights? Yeah, fist fights. Like why not? Well, I know why. But I just think it's so crazy that like I don't know, maybe it's the private school um privilege, privilege but Stabbings wasn't really a, see that. wasn't a thing. I mean, at least for 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 us, stabbings wasn't a thing. I think I went to I went to um, a government primary school, and then I went to St. John's College, and then I went to another private school that had a lot of government school, you know, features or whatever. I won't say <laughs> the government school, school features. features. Yeah, I won't say even get dragged by my former classmates. Private school beta, but. <laughs> When I was in primary school, I remember, I think I was in the fifth grade, there was this boy, I remember his name, also won't call it. He actually went to jail for murder a couple of years ago. Um, we actually dated in the fifth grade, in the fourth grade. And in the fifth grade, um, he... No one dates anyone in the fourth grade. Well, I did. I did. I had I had a boyfriend in the fourth grade. It was very innocent, you know? It didn't get past holding hands. Anyway... So he brought a knife to school in the fifth grade and he told me and he brought a knife because he was upset with one of the boys who were like in the sixth grade or whatever. And me just being a snitch that I am, like I told my uh, uh, um, our teacher. Wow. You couldn't hold it down for your boo? I really could not because that was traumatizing <laughs> to me. <laughs> and I, he got suspended. And wow. I, I think in the sixth in the sixth grade, another one of my classmates, I wasn't that close with him. Like he also brought a knife to school, and like he had an older brother <laughs> who he I, had an older I, brother. I see, I see a trend. <laughs> yeah, this school this this was um, Oaksfield Primary at the time. So we were right down the street from like CC Speeding, which which it was which, what it was called at the time. And he had an older brother who was in CC Speeding. So. His older brother was going to fight some dudes. And he intended to go and help his brother fight those dudes. So like you tell on him school. too? I didn't tell on him. Somebody else told on him. You tell them you to tell them. You tell them to tell me. I don't remember it going that way, but it's quite possible. But um, so I think for me, I have been in those predicaments when I was very, very young, where we had, like, you know, kids who, like, that's just how they were raised. Like, they were growing up in that kind of environment and then they were just always um privy to violence so although i can be shocked now because that's not how i was raised i wasn't i wasn't groomed to be that way i have been and i've been in classrooms with students who have that thought process mm. so while it is shocking to me it's not that shocking to me yeah i mean for me coming from the government school era or the government school areas I could say that it's shocking now because it never used to be stabbed to kill it. Not even stabbed to kill, but it's like this much people with knife. Like everybody know the dudes who had the knife. Mm -hmm. Like everybody know it, it was um, Robert and Carl them who had knives, and it was but two of them, <laughs> and that was but it. But nowadays, like these kids, everybody trapped. Yeah. Like every everybody. Like what y'all so mad about? But do you think that everyone is carrying knives just because? they have an intent to harm or because they are aware of other students having the intent to harm and wanting to be prepared and, and protecting themselves. And see, that's the thing. Like, I'm in school now, but I, it's looking like it's getting worse. I think it's a bit of, I think it's a bit of both, though. Mm -hmm. Me too. 
if personally me. I think nobody just want to look like like clowns. Like everybody wants to be a bad person, like a bad man. Nobody want to be a clown or considered a clown, you know. So everybody just into it. If I was like a fifteen or sixteen year old guy, um, in some government high school where I knew there are a lot of guys and gangs and like thugs and all that, I probably have a knife too, to be honest, because I don't know why my dick a gun when someone can pick on me. And when I get gang, what I have to defend myself. Mm-hmm. So like mm-hmm. while I'm not condoning like you know violence. You kind of have to protect yourself because these kids, they do not care. Uh-huh. And they have a point to prove to their peers. And they have a point to prove uh-huh. to the people who are initiating them into these gangs. But you have to be so uh-huh. um, at a point where you where you think that you have nothing to lose to even, like, kill somebody. Like I don't think they're th- thinking that far. They're thinking, like, okay, when I kill somebody... That's the end of my life. Or or th- that's it. I don't even think that they're thinking as far as to say, um, after their actions in that moment, and let me see if I can clarify that. I know when I'm extremely angry, I only see red. And that's why I kind of like mm-hmm. try to stay away from people that get me to that point. And I try to stay out of other situations that can get me that angry because I do not think logically. Um, So mm-hmm. I kind of feel like a lot of these kids are battling with anger. They're battling with anger, and they're angry at their situation. They're angry at their parents. They're angry at the life that they have to live. And it's almost like that's that's all that they know. And they mm-hmm. show that through violence. So I don't even think that they, um, I don't think that all of them go into the situation thinking, okay, I'm going to go and kill this person. I think that they are so angry in the moment, and they have nothing else to do but exude that anger through hurting people because that's mm-hmm. all that they know. That's sad. Yep, I agree. It's sad, but but it is it is the reality of today. Um, at fifteen, I I don't even know what I was doing at fifteen, but I sure as hell wasn't in casket, and I did not. I couldn't even think about or imagine myself or any of my friends being dead at 15, mm-hmm. much less being dead, not from a car accident or some kind of sickness, no, but mm-hmm. from another student, you know? That's real sad, man. When the, news, when the news first came out and it was like being shared around in, in the different groups, what happened, because I even remember um, in one of the groups that um, Jamie and I, and one of our friends said um, there was a stabbing at the school. Um, I don't know what what has happened yet. It's just it it just happened. And then the news came out. I don't think I initially said anything because when things happen where young boys die, it it takes me to another place because I have a son. Right, so right. I always try to put myself in. The shoes of the mother that would have lost that son. And that's so strange. You can imagine, like, you know, you know your son's routine. You know, around four o'clock, he probably coming home because, you know, they walk home from school, catch a bus, whatever, whatever. Probably stop the one little tuck shop or something like that before they come home. And 
you have a bunch of stuff. One, you probably saw something about some child getting stabbed in WhatsApp before you even realize yeah. that's your child. <laughs> and then, then you realize, okay, that's him. Because I watched one of the interviews and she was saying that they, that, you know, someone called her and tell her that you got to go to the hospital. You got to go, you got to go see him. What am I supposed to do? What Like, how are you supposed to deal with losing your child? And even though that there were people who were speculating that this this is gang-related and this and that or whatever, to a mother, that's still a child. Yep. Yep. She, she, uh, no, there's no way to, that she was actually prepared for that. Even if she knew that he was up to something. But, I mean, at the same time, like, he ain't no man. No. He's 14 a, years old. That's a baby. That's a baby. Yeah. To me, that's, that is absolutely crazy. What makes it even, what makes it even, like, like, sadder for me is the fact that she, I think she recorded a snap of them as she was dropping them to school yeah, well, it was that on same way. morning. And he looked so happy. And I was like, wow, imagine this is you dropping your child off to school and this is the last time you're going to see your baby. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, just getting a little heavy. I don't even, I don't even have yeah. kids and, and I'm just thinking like, you know, mm-hmm. a mom right now. Mm-hmm. And that's just, mm-hmm. that's just something I think I cannot. I mean, I've, I've obviously mourned the death and the loss of someone before, but someone that I created, yeah, that's someone the thing. that came out of me. It's like, you can't get no closer than that. Mm-hmm. No, it's just, I, I just, <sighs> yeah. So, and speaking of, Speaking of mourning and loss, we have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, probably millions of people right now mourning the loss of Nipsey Hussle. So, yeah, for the backstory, well, a 29-year-old man on Thursday, which would have been, what, last Thursday? At this point, last Thursday, was charged with murder. I'd have been today. No, man, yesterday. Now it's Saturday guys right. y'all don't think in the future uh, <laughs> so anyways a 29 year old man on Thursday was charged with murder in the death of rapper Nipsey Hussle in South Los Angeles Eric Holder was also charged with possession of a firearm by a felon and two counts of attempted murder in connection with the injuries of two people at the scene the Los Angeles County District Attorney's Office announced he pleaded not guilty at his arraignment hearing on Thursday. According to authorities, Holder killed Hustle over a personal matter outside the Grammy-nominated rapper's clothing store on Sunday. Holder had come to Marathon Clothing multiple times that day to talk to Hustle before returning with a gun and opening fire, police said. The Los Angeles County Coroner's Office on Monday said Hustle died of gunshot wounds to his torso and head. That like to me, like it's really it's really heavy. Um and I know a lot of people think like, oh well, you know, he lives in LA and 
or he's from LA, he's from the street, so like so what? But that's still a life. That's still a life and and yeah. based on everything people have said about what he's been doing in the community and and the what he raps about in his music, I think that's really sad that that you would lose someone who is actually trying to be very positive. Yeah. And shine shine a light in so much darkness. And the thing about it is, like if you know the situation or if you know the person that anybody really trying to speak on him from a negative light or try to justify that is ignorant. Because even so, um, okay, he from LA, he is a gang member. If you cap up, you would realize that he's evolved to being bigger than a gang member. To the point where it's like, okay, it's it's mutual respect from both sides. And plus he done move forward where it's like that in that in the prominent message mm-hmm. in the music no more. Mm-hmm. Whereas okay, he respected by both sides. And if you listen and you're familiar with like Bloods and Crips, you know, color wise or what's not. So like he has mutual respect on both sides. Mm-hmm. And if you listen in the end just okay, I gang bang LA or what's not. Like mm-hmm. the messages evolve. So he didn't move past that life. So it's like, what else you could say? He live in L.A. So if you live someplace, like your dad is justified. Right. So you can't even say, okay, that that's he deserved that. So it's like, there's no negatives that you could try to apply to justify it right now. And I feel like that's why so much people feel it. Yeah. And like, for some reason, um, this this one really impacted a lot of people in a different way that than many others. I mean, because like last year we lost a few rappers as well. And I mean, granted, one of them was, was a terrible person. Mm. But this one just, this one hit different. And I, I really think it's because of the fact that I think it's. I just think it's because of the fact that I just asked that um, XXX Tentacion. Tentacion. I thought it was Tentacion, but obviously I can't read. Oh, that's my. That's objective, man. Y'all like that ain't objective. I don't know that man. Tavia, he hurt that woman. Yeah, that one's objective. He hurt that woman. No, because she then later, she then, she then later um, came out and said that she, apparently a lot of the stuff was fabricated. So that. So he ain't heard at all then. I, I feel you. I feel you. But, you know. And, and I'm the biggest. Um, Tenacho's my um, final was not, but Tenacho's Tenacho's I'm being facetious, but I feel like people. Tavi can say it's subjective because if you look at him up to the days to his death, you can see a shift in the energy and everything that he's trying to put out. Yes. So it's like, I mean, yes. you can't argue. You can't argue yes. it to say, well, okay, he he was bad. He was a bad person trying to be good. He is, yeah, like it's argument, but we get the I point. I do think, I do think that he, um, in, in the last couple what, days, months yeah. or whatever, he started to see, well, he was terrible. And I think he actually admitted to being, you know, like not, not his best self. 
at at points and he he wanted to be better but you know some things some things just too too doctor a race i have a question do y'all feel like people do y'all feel like some people deserve to be murdered no no one deserves to be murdered. no yeah i don't under and no one deserves that i just yeah that's a lot because then like even at at the very worst thing that you would have done what then do you deserve at the worst thing that you you would have done and I and that's a scary that's a scary thought. <laughs> yeah, I've not been the bad. You know what I mean? Like I've made some mistakes. Yeah. And even speaking about XXS and XXX, and to bring it back to Nipsey, it's like you're like, like that's why this one hit. Because if we speak about X, we could be like, oh, he was good, or no, he was bad. It's like nobody had anything negative or anything um, bad to say about Nip. Yeah. So it's like yeah. there was no arguing point. Like there's a video going around that the the NYP not the NY the LAPD was out here unbelievable or like in disbelief that he yeah shoot the cops. Mm-hmm. That's crazy. Yeah. Now people, <laughs> I I think based on the articles people are saying, and I I saw this post, you know, and some hood nigga snap just like you know you kill a gonna be the realest closest person to you whatever. I don't know how true it is, but I do think that people were saying that this dude. Um, hung around Nipsey at some point, or like I guess was part of his, you know, mm. click or whatever. And like, how do you feel about like how do y'all feel about that aspect of it though? Like this not just being some, or allegedly not just being some random person out here, random. you know. Yeah. This is allegedly someone that he knew. That's life. I mean, yeah. In a way, yeah. That that sound it, it it sounds flippant when I say it that way, but it is life. I even I I thought about this earlier today, but it's really the people who are close to you at in in any extent that hurt you the that most. That hurt you the most. So, and that's why that's why everybody was upset in this dude sorry, because sorry guys, I hate to sound like Sinus. the the Nipsey Hustle reporter. But it's Go like, ahead, man. That's why we have you here today. <laughs> Wait, reason. But the backstory is, he from the area. Like, he from the same set. Okay. And he was an aspiring okay. rapper as well. So it's like, he was known to the area, plus he was aspiring to be or reach some type of height that Nipsey was reaching to. So mm-hmm. when you look at it, it's like, you're like, not only is this person from the same area vying for the same goals that you're working towards, like, you're like... Um, the set albums make music that you love. Not only he buying for that, but it's like even down to the same set, to the same like they was rapping the same alive. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's not <laughs> same alive. <laughs> so it's like to be that close, mm-hmm. and you for you to whatever whatever was his driving motive, jealousy, um, envy, he conspiracy, shame, whatever it is. You know? Yeah, they say they say it was like you're like he just off of pride, him getting called out. Yeah. Like that's why he come back. He got called out. Got, what did he get called? So out? basically, the story is, he came around. He was couple, there, guys. FYI. Yeah, I, I, I was. Am, so I am. I was so there hiding behind the cars. Yeah. I was. I was there hiding behind the cars. <laughs> so the the story is that he came around. Um, he came around numerous times. Like he he was known to the area. He's a crip from the area. What's not? And he came around and basically after speaking with Nipsey, based on the court of the streets, Nipsey asked him to leave respectfully. Just on some, like, I'm your OG, or what's not. Like, this my place. We don't want you around. Like, he wouldn't leave. And it was like, Yo, like no, you a snitch. Like, leave. 
So his pride was hurt or what's not. So he was like, all right. Like I'm right back. Like I'm right back. But ain't nobody thinking like, yo, like you coming back for true? Mm-hmm. You came back? And he shot up. And he shot Nipsey and two other people. You know their names too? No, I didn't know their names, but I could find them probably by the night. <laughs> but he <laughs> shot two other people. He shot two other people. And what is made there's so much different layers to the story. Um, one of the guys that was shot was one of Nipsey's friends that got out of jail. He was he just got out of jail serving like twenty years. I heard that Nipsey he left his security guard and he just rushed rushed to his store yeah. to get his friend who just came out of jail, get him some clothes, yeah. get him fly and everything. That is and that that hurts. Yeah. Without his bodyguard. Yeah. Yeah. Like, Without his bodyguard and protect him. Like he was like like he didn't even tell nobody like you're like um so and so out. Like let me come. Let me just get him some slippers, shirts or what's not. Cool. Mm-hmm. So a boy just got out of jail and he got shot. And then Nipsey got shot, just being there, trying to help somebody. Help his friend. Mm-hmm. Wait, I would be so hot. Anyway. There's so, like, so much, what, so much different variables. What here. hurts me too is, like, we, I've heard of so many situations where the killer, the shooter, left and came back. Mm-hmm. I and and I mentioned earlier, like I know I have, I I I'm dealing with you know my temper. I have dealt with my temper a lot. I could see me like really freaking out in the moment, but for me to leave upset, yeah. hop in my car, drive home, go in my safe, get my gun, put my gun in the car, put it under my seat so the police don't see it, drive back. Stop by the they red light. Stopped, stopped a couple red lights. Switch the radio station because you didn't like that song. Let too much out the corner. Come back. Think about, like, that's just, it's just, you have so much time to think about Calm down. what it is that you're doing. But you, you leave. You can imagine the jealousy. And that's it. And it, it was jealousy. Like you, you have to be bitter. Yeah. So one of one of the things that um I don't know, I think a lot of women in particular um are feeling in in regard to this story is just the fact that, you know, a lot of women are fans of Lauren London and they mm-hmm. would know how how deeply in love they were with each other and I think a lot of women are putting themselves in their shoes in a way, to say, like, wow, like, I can't imagine losing the love of my life in that way. Because that's definitely the way that I was able to associate with this story. Mm -hmm. I I wasn't, um, I honestly wasn't following either of them, like, on, you know, social media. Obviously, no, Lauren London, obviously, New Nipsey. Um, I, 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 I did see... Um, their stuff, their recent stuff from GQ, though. And I did watch the video where she was testing him on how well he knew her. Mm-hmm. So after I saw that, like, I went and I saw their pictures at, at the brunch and all that. And I was like, oh, you know, they're so cute. And I did see and I did, um, you know, read captions and I saw posts. And while I wasn't following them, you know, like, you know, being a huge fan... I did observe the love that they had for each other. Mm-hmm. And as a woman, or as a person, 
I don't get it, but I get it. That was deep, man. Because and that's how I and that's how I relate. Because yeah. even the, all the videos from the last album, Lauren London was in basically ninety percent of all of his videos as wow. the lead role. Wow. I can't I'm, and and I think I and I saw so many tweets and they were like she describes him as her sanctuary as her sanctuary her soul I can't like and I feel like so many of us are looking for those things and to finally find that in someone and then you're not even fully halfway through your life and the thing is um they knew each other for for years like years and years right yeah and and then they finally then they finally connected in 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 that way. Yeah, because she's from LA too. She is somebody um a friend of theirs, a mutual friend tried to hook them up and she was like, nah. And then eventually she fell for him. And it's it's crazy because celebrities usually like when they hook up, like they don't really be from the same city. They from the same city. So you can imagine that connection. Like, they really know each other. Like, they really know, you know, about each other, about mm-hmm. where they grew up. Mm-hmm. Like, same culture, I guess. And it's it's just crazy. Like, that's really a person. How do you carry on after that? Like, do you even want to <laughs> look for love again? Like, do you even want to ever date? Like, that would be a very far thought from my mind. I wouldn't even, I wouldn't even be thinking I don't, about that. I think after that, I would probably be done. I think I would just I would just want out. Because you cannot go from you can't go from that to anything else. And I see a lot of a lot of people was like, yo, like let me go first mm-hmm. because I don't wanna deal with the pain of having to lose a loved one. Like how uh-huh. you feel about that? Like you rather die before your husband so you don't have to deal with the, the grief or the pain of But yeah, I know we gotta die together. <laughs> my my, my mom says the same thing. My mom also feels like our entire family of, I want to say six or seven. Mm. Our, no, our, fam- our family of seven. She feels as if we should all die together because she does not. The planet. I feel like I boy, said, I ain't feeling too good. Y'all better get in the car. Y'all have something. Y'all have something like everyone drinks. I said <laughs> I need you to understand. You sound insane. You okay? You you sound crazy. Cause no one wants to experience no. that. That's like that losing someone in solid. And I can't. I don't even want to imagine what it would be like to lose someone I love in that way. And like I'm with them, I mean like I have experience with losing, with losing people. So just based on on those experiences, I could, mm-mm, no, thank you. We gotta die together. No. And I know my husband listens to the podcast, so <laughs> he hiding all the sharp objects. R.I.P. to you this. and me. I will say this. R.I.P. us. Um, I don't know if. I don't know who's listening or whatever, but for those who know, like, y'all know that my dad passed and he died shortly after my graduation in 2011, my high school graduation. We have the same birthday. Um, so he was basically my person, my daddy. And um, it's crazy because I get my, my, I get my adventurous spirit from him. I get my 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 
wittiness from him. And, you know, I'll say this. You don't actually know what you're going to do until the time comes. Mm -hmm. And you have no choice but to be strong. Like, you don't know what you're going to do. You don't know. Like, you could say this is going to happen or you're going to feel this way. But, they until that time comes, I that that is a that is a different kind of feeling like that is a and that happened in 2011 and I still feel I still hurt about that I still cry to myself some days and I don't sometimes I don't tell people about it but it's still it still pains me because that's somebody who I love that's my that was my daddy you know like who else I gonna call daddy when it comes time to get married who's gonna walk me down the aisle who am I going to share my birthday cake with every year that I celebrate my birthday? Like, mm-hmm. just simple things like that. Like, we used to say, um, see you later, alligator, in a wild crocodile. Like, who? It's, it just, it just, there's no actual way to handle death. To me, there's no actual way to handle it. But to just do it on your own. Like there's no time frame. You just have to just, you just have to literally get the strength to just carry out each day by day. Um. So, um, Tavia, how would you say you were able to move past like that first stage of grief, like that that you know that that real shocking, like physically painful portion, like how? What what helped? Honestly, I was sick. I was I was sick. Like I I sometimes like I randomly passed out just thinking about it. Like I could not deal with it. I was sick. I stopped eating. I I hoped initially through I want to say like bad coping mechanisms like I started drinking I started partying um because this was shortly after I graduated so you know like everything just turned way up Mm. and um I don't I don't suggest it for anybody but at the same time they if that's what if that's what could ease that pain for you by all means, because that's what got me through it. Like I had to tell myself, okay, this ain't it, and he wouldn't, he wouldn't want to see me this way. And then I had to really think about memories and like, I the the chain that I have around my neck, the ring. Everybody asks me like, what's this ring for? That's your boyfriend ringing, and I'm like, no, this is my dad's ring, and from he died. Like I still have this, so it's good to hold on to, you know, like things that remind you of that person as well mm-hmm. so just the initial stage it was it was very tough because I was angry I was in denial I was like I was questioning God and, you know but eventually I understood that bang everybody has a time to go and it was just his time yeah has anybody else been through uh, a deep period of grief over loss of a life that they care to discuss 
I have two. So well, I just I letting everybody, you know, <laughs> letting everybody do their thing. Before. I could go I could go first since yeah. my own might not be that heavy. Um I had an aunt that passed. And I remember I was on the way to work. And like I was catching a ride, driving, and I got the call. And I figured I'd leave something home because this is my mom. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I must leave something home. And then she was like, Jay. And before she could finish, like she just, like her voice started shaking. So I was like, all right. And then my sister came on the phone and just like, go by, go by Yanni Masha, um, Yanni Masha Pass. And I was like, what you mean, Pass? Mm-hmm. Like, hold on, I understand it. Like, what you mean, Pass? Like, dead? No, like, dead, dead? Was she sick? No. Ugh. She just died in her sleep. So I, I had to tell my friend, like, yo, like, can't be this way. And everybody was outside. So I was like, okay, someone explain to me what happened right now. Because I, I, like, it, it ain't computing that that my auntie died. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't understand what that means in this in this scenario. So I walked in. I walking in, and everybody just like still, like you ever walk, you ever see the show like when the color just fades. So mm-hmm. like I walk in the house, and the house just gray. Yeah. So I just trying to figure out like, okay, what's going on? And then I walk to the room, and her foot like they had her covered in the sheet, but her foot was out. And then like I trying to walk in, and they stop me from coming in the room, and I like, this for real. And and it didn't hit me until like they took the body out and I don't I don't think it it hit me until the funeral maybe even the graveyard that like this for real. How close were you with the aunt? Like we used to live there. We used to live there. Jeez. Like we used to live there. Like to this day, like my brother still goes to the house. Mm-hmm. Like he still goes there. Like he still goes in the room just to sit down sometimes where she was. And like, for the lot, like, I think it was a couple years after that. Like, I had to visit the grave and apologize to her. Well, just for me to get over it, because I felt like I didn't really take it in. Like, I didn't, I didn't really deal with the fact that like, okay, like she gone. It's like, no, this ain't denial. Yeah, like this ain't this ain't for real. Yeah, this ain't for real. Like, I just stopped going by the house. Like, just avoid it. Completely until like I had to go to the grave and like speak with her. Like I don't know, it didn't make sense. I guess it don't make sense. But I had to go there and talk to her. Like you're like, like I apologize for treating you like you didn't exist. Mm-hmm. But like I just couldn't believe it. Oh. And I feel like that, that was my first encounter with death because it's like I had classmates that died or was not, and then like, like you you see people die every day, but until like, like that's the closest person to me. Mm-hmm. That I could feel, touch, have memories with. I'm so sorry. That passed. Yeah. So, for you, when, when I guess it finally hit you, what, what was the thing that, that helped? For me, after, after a while, I, I tried to hold on to, to memories and, and just, just, just different just different, um, I would say, blocks in the foundation of the memory that I would have of them. Mm-hmm. So, like, memories, like, when we would be there, or, like, she would rouse from making noise. Mm-hmm. Or, like, spe- like funny times that we would have. Like, I would hold on to these just, just, just to remember exactly who it was. 
not just not just not just somebody that that is past not not just not just somebody that that I cry and fall, but exactly who who you are, mm-hmm. and then like what you would want. I feel like it's cliche where everybody's really like, oh, so and so wouldn't want you to to be like this, or so and so wouldn't want you to <laughs> see like this, mm-hmm. or be like this. But it's like when you stop for a minute and like really think about the person, mm-hmm. like you 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 could you could really understand like what they would want in this moment. Yeah, like what they would want in this moment. Um, my auntie was always. I still dead every day. And I because you actually it. you actually sound like you crying. No, yeah, you do. No, but I don't think that's nice. No, but my auntie, she was always the the person that everybody would come to, like the person who everybody would vent to, and she was the annoying one that would that would forward the, the scripture. Mm-hmm. Like if she like if WhatsApp is popping back then, like she'd be sending that scripture every morning. Yeah. So it's like she was everybody pillar. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine her. Being there trying to um, comfort me, like her angel being there, like okay, Jay, you ain't gotta cry. It's all right. So, Even in her death. So, like you said, that she was, she basically was the pillar for everyone. So, mm-hmm. how did that affect your family? Um, that was that was rough. Like, I don't think our family recovered from that because she was the covering mm-hmm. for her children. Yeah. So it's like if her children do something, just off a. Off of her covering, they would get past. Um, a lot of a lot of times, people would come to her to vent, things like that. So instead, you know, venting, people just acting out, or they don't have that medium to get the frustration out of what they want to say, mm-hmm. so that they could say it with love. So now it's just everybody upset and just automatically going there with that energy. So the fa- the family really took a blow. I don't even think I don't even think we really recover like that. Like, I, I have a, a special needs cousin, and she used to take care of him. Like, like that's his mommy. She used to take care of him. And now it's like, they did it for a little while. Like, you know, when you pass, mm-hmm. it's fresh. People people treat you a certain way, but it's like, nobody can love you like your mommy. And now everybody, you know, they got their own things to yeah. worry about. So they, that's like background to them. So, so like, that's like that. still somebody who needs someone to care for them. Yeah. It's just like, nobody is going to do what she would have done. Yeah, so I can say that that blow really, really sent our family in a different tra- trajectory. Like I don't, I still don't see us recovering. Like we still ain't recovered. Somebody like we still gotta, broken up. Somebody gotta pick it up. Somebody, that's uh, what would you, Jamie? In front of you're running away from your from yeah your, yeah from your calling name. Um, <laughs> the I have ex. The person going I had with death kind of reunited Tavi and I. Um, I think a lot of us knew Dimaggio Bryce. Um, Dimaggio and I were really good friends um, in high school. And he used to come to my, I invited him to my youth meeting and he came and like we were super close. And the first time I actually knew someone that died Someone I was I was really close with that like actually like you know would cry for her was Dimaggio, and even though he and I weren't as close then as we were, you know like when we were in high school, I still felt it, mm-hmm. and uh, I thought that that was a lot to deal with until I lost my grandmother last August. Um, 
my dad is the baby of, I want to say seven or eight kids. He is baby James to everyone in our family. And that was my grandmother's name for him. And everyone calls him baby James, all of his siblings, as grown as he is. <laughs> and him being my grandmother's baby, my Grammy had him when she was probably like 43 or like 45, very old age. She was like, he was, he was like her special child. And so every school play and every family vacation and uh, and my sisters, my, all of my sisters have um, medical challenges. Every single time that my sisters have been in a hospital, and I want to say between the three of them, it's probably been more than 100 times. Every single time when my parents had to work, my grandmother would be there. Like, she was the grandmother of all grandmothers. And I never thought she could get old until my freshman year. And I remember I was at COB and I slept by her house one night just because, you know, it would just be more accessible to party because she lived in Chippenham. And we, <laughs> we, slept, we slept together in my cousin's room. And throughout the night, she slept at the back of the bed. Throughout the night, she was, like, trying to get up to pee. And she ended up um, making a mess on the floor. Mm. And she couldn't even look at me. Like, she was, like, embarrassed. And she was I didn't, a lady. Yeah, mm. she was a lady. And I, just, I didn't say anything to her. I got up. And I went in the kitchen while she was in the bathroom. And I just cleaned it up laid back down and acted like nothing ever happened. I didn't say anything, but that's when I realized that my grandmother was getting old. Mm. And from then, I was still like in denial. I want to say in 2015, she started to get sick and they were running so many tests on her. And she called me and she said, you know, she thinks it's um, leukemia. And my parents is like, no, mom exaggerating or, you know, mom mm -hmm. being extra, we rebuke it. And because all of my family is religious, I don't know if it was really leukemia and they were just rebuking it or if she was just being dramatic because they said they thought that they saw cancer. Mm -hmm. Because I knew that the time was coming and I could not face it, I stayed away from my grandmother. And to this day, like, that haunts me. Mm. She lost so much weight over the last few years. And she was a woman who liked to eat. And Thelma believed in putting everything she eaten. <laughs> the, she put in her whole entree and her dessert and her ice cream in one plate. And even when we score on her, she say, it all go in one place. That was a greedy woman. She could eat. So to see her so thin and to see her skin sagging off of her body, I couldn't take it. So I stopped going around. Like I stopped visiting. When she would go visit my parents, like I wouldn't be there. Like I just, I, because I knew like I couldn't take it. Like I was the closest to her. I lived with her at one point, like through my little rebel years. She was like, come live with your Grammy. And I was living with her. And so I'm closer to her than all of my than all of my cousins and all of my siblings, I think. 
And um, she used to call me. And when I worked at Jones Communication, she found me. She went to the phone book and found JC and number. And she'd say, I call to speak to my grandbaby. And I say, Well, who's your grandbaby? <laughs> and it's the one who was on the radio, Jamie. So. And then I moved to the Guardian. She found me at the Guardian. What? Well, I swear, man, she really could have tell us she moved. Because no, but she she liked to call me in the middle of the day at work, and like she knew where I work. So instead of calling my cell phone, she just go on the phone book and call the land place because that's what she did. So she had this big. She used to write. So she had this big phone book, and she had my name and she had all my work numbers in it. So. <laughs> Um, fast forward, um, the last couple of times I saw her, the times I saw, the few times I saw her before the last time, um, she just, she told me, like, I don't see you anymore. Like, why don't you come around? Like, why you don't check for me? And I couldn't really tell her, you know, I don't, you look like you are fading away and I can't take that. And I just used to apologize and say, like, I would do better and I would do better. And I honestly got so caught up with my own life. And, like, just trying to juggle and 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 work and do so well in this area that I just honestly, I could have been there. And I could have really checked on her and I didn't. And my best friend's birthday is August 18th. August 19th, I got the call. And uh, I knew it was the call, and I was dreading it, and it literally broke my heart. And I've been hurt, and I'm a very emotional person. I've been hurt 10,000 times, but there's no pain like that. And I just, I can't even put it into words. I knew you asked, Jasmine, how people dealt with it. I'm still trying to deal with it. And it's it's still gonna be a year I'll never like deal with her not being here like that like and and she was that person and I could literally call for anything and there was always a she was never judgmental although there was always a scripture that gave me the answer to what I needed there was always some kind of guidance and direction but never judgment She'd always tell me when I'm wrong, but, like, never make me feel uncomfortable for telling the things that I told her, even with her being my grandmother. Mm-hmm. And I think about her every day. Um, her obituary is in my car, on my dashboard. If it's not there, I probably would not drive my car. It's been there since her funeral. I plan to get her face tattooed on my arm. <laughs> You know, even though she would be upset about that writing on my skin, because she hates my tattoos. What this is? You're bruising yourself. She's called it writing. She's like, what's, what's all this writing on your body? But that was the hardest blow that I've ever had. And to be honest, I will never recover. Like, ever. And I'm trying so hard not to cry, but <laughs> like, my grandmother was my rock. And. There's literally not a day that goes by that I don't think about her. That's rough, man. So, I know it's almost time for us to wrap this up. So, I'm going to keep mine kind of quick. And hopefully that means that I also won't cry. 
So. You're doing good so far. Thanks. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> But I haven't started yet. <laughs> so. Yeah, good job, guys. Good job. <laughs> um, so, okay. Um, in hearing you guys speak, it occurred to me that I actually had a lot of death um, in my life. Um, and like close deaths, like Grammys, uncles, cousins, stuff like that. Um, but there are two, two deaths in my life that really did something to me. I mean, yes, losing my Grammy was, was tough, but we don't need to go through another, um, Grammy, Grammy story right now, because that's a whole podcast. Honestly. Um, but uh, while I was in college, I remember one day I was on a break. I think it was summer. Yes, it was summer. And my best friend called me and she said, um, hey, um, Mr. Moss had an accident with his truck and they say he ran over one of his kids and they said that 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 one is Najee. Now, for anybody who knew me in high school, um, Najee and I were very close. Um, it was like we had this, like, it was like a love situation. He re like he was so into me, and I liked him, but like I didn't take him serious because I didn't really like I didn't really like private school boys. Mm -hmm. But I we always talked to each other. We'd hang out with each other. Like even when he went off to school, well not off to school, but he went away um, to finish high school. And like when he would come back home, he would like he would literally come to sack <laughs> and like sit on the side of me in my class, like in his own clothes. And it was like, what you doing? <laughs> But he was like, he always wanted to be with me. But I, like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't. Yeah, on our run. I wasn't into nothing. I wasn't into nothing in high school. Um, so over time, <laughs> over time we, um, I think we, we dated and then I, I ended up like going with somebody else. Um, so that was the end of our love story. But um, at this point, here I am hearing that he's, he died in some freak accident where he got, he got rolled over with a gas truck, oh. his family truck. And I remember my my best friend, she told me it so matter-of-factly that it I was annoyed because it was like, you tell you telling me he did. Like this a big deal. You telling me he did, and you just saying it like, oh yeah, da 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 da. And like it I just think it was because she she didn't know how to cope with with death. She didn't know how to deal with that because I don't think she had ever experienced anything like that in her life at all. But I remember that that day, the whole day, it was a Friday. I shut down. I couldn't do anything. I couldn't eat. Um, I remember I called my boyfriend at the time and I was like, Najee died. And my boyfriend knew 
who he was and who he was to me. And he was just like, well, okay, I have errands to run. You could come with me on the road. We could just go ride around. Like, he didn't catch feelings and say, oh, you tripping yeah. over this play and this and that or whatever. Like, he literally yeah. was just like, mm-hmm. come, let's go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Let me take you at the house. Let's go. And I remember that I went to my youth group that night and all my best friends were there because I needed people. I needed I needed people around because that didn't make no sense. This is somebody, whether or not I wanted to admit that I loved him, I did. And it was like, what the hell? And it was so weird. Um, he was... He was, at the time, he was dating um, Kelly Bruni. And Kelly and I, um, we weren't cool at the time. But I remember that she, I the only thing I was thinking at that point was, if I feel like this, if I feel like this, I can't even imagine what she feels like. So I remember at one point I messaged her. And I was just like, who feels and knows it? I am so sorry. And ever since then, she and I have had a connection because we knew that only us two knew what what on earth that felt like to lose somebody in that way. It was just so weird. It wasn't it, like one is a freak accident. So it's, it's like completely unnatural. And then it's, it's just so sudden. Just so strange. And then, like, you have so many people coming and they asking you questions about it and stuff like that. And it was just, it was a lot. It was a whole lot to deal with. And I thought, <laughs> I thought that that Friday in my life would have been the worst pain I would have ever felt in my life until in 2012, December 16th. It was a Sunday morning. My mommy walked in the room and she told me, um, Rashawn was in an accident and no, I think at first she just said Rashawn was in a car accident, a bad car accident. So I got up on my bed and I got to put my clothes on because clearly that means we go into the hospital because, you know, I need to go and see her. And Rashawn was my best friend. I met her in the fourth grade. And we became friends very quickly because we had so much in common. Um, We liked all the same things. Our sense of humor was the same. Very stupid, very weird. And then we found out that we were born on the same day. And that was it clearly we were meant to be we were best friends and throughout throughout my life I'm so sorry. from the age of nine straight up until our 23rd birthday there was never a birthday that wasn't our birthday it was always our birthday and even when she was off to school in new york we would be on the phone from like 9.30 p.m. 
straight up until the birthday. And just talking and talking and talking. And it just, it was just so weird because I, I hate, you know, like when people die, I always hate when people just be like, I just saw them. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. But like the weekend before that, um, I went out with a few of my friends and she was, she was there and she had so much fun. She had so much fun and it was just, I don't know why that outing seemed very perfect. It And it, I'm glad that we were able to do that because I couldn't imagine not seeing her for a while and then finding out that she died in a car accident like three minutes away from my house. There were two drunk drivers and she wasn't one of them. She was a passenger in someone else's car. And she was the only one to die in the car accident. And I I just remember. So my mommy came in the room. She told me that Rashawn was in an accident. I getting up to go to the hospital, go see my friend. And she's like, no, she didn't make it. And I did not understand what my mommy was saying to me. I didn't understand. Like, what you mean? What do you mean she didn't make it? <laughs> yeah. Explain that to me. My sisters always tell me that all they heard is me screaming. And at the time they heard me screaming, they didn't know what happened, but they know somebody died. And I just, it was so much pain. I felt like, like some, like something gay yuck out my body. It was just, it was so painful. I couldn't, I couldn't take it. And the only thing, one of the only things that helped me initially was I literally just started to pray. And I was like, God, please give me peace because I, I don't know what to do. I don't know what to do. I don't know what to feel. I don't know what to say. Give me peace. Give me peace. Give me peace. And literally, I think that was the quickest one of my prayers I ever got answered in life. There was just this, this very calming feeling that I experienced. And I was like, wow. I mean, like, yes, I still felt sad. I still felt like, what the hell happening? But I was just so glad that all of that, like, hype, anxious feeling had subsided. And then I just went to sleep. I think I slept, like, most of that day. I think I got up late that night and we went out and my daddy was in some production. We went to see him sing and like I went right back home and I went back to my bed and I went to sleep because that was the only thing that was helping. But with the help of my other best friends and stuff, like I was able to like hang with other people who I know like love me and they knew what Rashawn meant to me. So they would all come and like we would like crack jokes and like we would talk about like the crazy stuff that she would have said. Like she was like really offbeat. It was so she was weird. She was weird. She was really weird. So like what what always makes it easier is to think about something some something dumb that she said. And I just remember like for years later, like 
I would like, I would find something funny and I would pick up the phone and I'd dial a number, her house number. Like to be like, hey, guess what happened? Like, no, you can't go low. And like, it was just, yeah. to me, that, that real, that, that shook my life. That completely shook my life. Because as far as I was concerned, she was 23. She didn't even get to do anything she wanted to do yet. What? So at that point, I made a vow that I would live my life enough for me, Anna. That I couldn't just sit around and do nothing with my life. Because I don't know how long I have. If she, if she could die at 23 and didn't get to do anything she wanted to do yet, she was thinking about going back off to school. She was thinking about um, teaching science and all this other stuff and trying to figure out, like, what was going on with her love life and, and this and that or whatever. And she didn't get to experience any of that. So I said, well, I have to live the life. I have to do it. Uh-huh. And that I couldn't stay sad because our friendship was full of laughs. So, yeah, that was, it was a deep, it was a very deep loss for me, but also it was a turning point in my own life because at that, at that time, one, I was wasting time in a relationship. I was very unhappy at my job. And I think, I think I needed something to shake me up to get me out of this zombie the zombie state that i was in and it still took some time for some things to really hit and for me to really make some changes but like literally like within a year a lot of those things had already changed because what's the point what's the point of staying in a relationship that you don't want to be in or what's the point of being at a job that you don't want to be at life too short and you don't know and like um like Tavia said, like everyone has to go at some point. That's that's one thing that we know for certain in life that we have to that. die. But you don't know you don't know when it's going to happen or how it's going to happen. And I don't even question I don't even question God. Just because I know that you a person's a person's life may have been lived to impact someone else's. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Without without dealing with what I had to deal with, my life would have been different. I probably just would have still been at my old employer's Nonchalant. and with my ex and just miserable in life and not doing anything that I actually wanted to do. And that's sad. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Yeah. I made it. My eye got a little watery, but I it, saw it and I turned it away. <laughs> it didn't. It didn't break. Yeah. I just had to tweet. This was a setup. <laughs> so we 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 are a few minutes over time. Thank you so much for your patience. Fun. Um, but as we close, this is very very heavy. I am not adding anything else. Pun ain't this. even say nothing today, but you ain't have nothing to say. You won't go warm. Fun and got time warning. You see. As we close, um, <laughs> that same woman who called the show last time. 
the quote of this episode is from Nipsey Hussle. Without a game plan and without a strong sense of faith in what you're doing, it's going to be real hard to accomplish anything. Thank you so much for tuning into The Wine Town. This is Jamie and Jasmine. We also had Jay on with us. We hope that this episode was not too heavy. Oh, and Tavia. Tavia is in Beijing. Sorry. I was looking around the world. <laughs> um, tweet us. Tweet us your thoughts. Hashtag at the wind down. We're on Instagram. We're on Twitter at underscore the wind down. Happy Saturday. Toodles. Bye.